The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond. 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 Stop it. Beyond. 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 It, beyond, it. beyond, beyond, Barry Brian, Rice shut up. Beyond. <laughs> beyond. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 409. I'm Max Scoville, who makes uh, ham-fisted attempts at sort of hosting this show. Mm-hmm. With me is Marty Sleva, who hi. writes down the swear words. Yeah, all that, the cussies. That come out of the mouth of Brian Altano. Hi, hi. <laughs> and the voice of reason, the voice of, of uh, soft reassurance is Jared Petty. I'm placid. You're, you're Whoa, placid? I thought you said placid, placid. Lake Placid. I thought you said pleasant, but mispronounced it as softly as possible. <laughs> oh, like you well, didn't have any any hard consonants in the word. Like oh, placid. Well, that would be a, that would be a flaccid placid. Yeah, I mean, if so a nice hard placid, consonant. pleasant. That man, is as soft Jared as Petty. possible. Yeah. So that. Thank World's you. Off to a good start. World's number one PlayStation podcast. That's right. Beyond. Yeah. Everybody been. So I want to I want to take a minute to just apologize. Uh, we took a week off last week. This uh, unacceptable. We, yeah, I mean, like you know, we do this every week, and last week was just kind of a big mess. For for everybody involved. Yeah. Uh, we all we, went to PAX. Yeah, we're coming back from PAX. I got really sick. Uh, what was it? Uh, Goldfarb had to go to New York or LA or something. You had to go to LA. Yeah. I stayed in Seattle an extra couple days because I had yeah. been working for like 10 days. And I was in a race car. Yeah, Brian had to go in a race car. For, <laughs> I really was. To make this sound completely like an excuse. Yeah. yeah. yeah uh, I, was, I was driving around a race car with uh, Harley from Epic Meal Time. That's uh, not an lie. That's a real thing we did yeah. at work. And Jared stole an entire middle school class's backpacks full of homework and was feeding it to dogs at the animal shelter. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was doing. Because uh, dogs love to eat homework. He was I, playing the role of uh, Chris Farley the bus driver from Billy Madison. I was, <laughs> he ate everyone's sandwiches. It was that damn Sasquatch. I was playing the role of play Metal Gear for 100 hours that week. Yeah. yeah. That's, but that's we're, so, but we're back. It was a yeah. pretty good week to take off because Metal Gear Solid 5 came out, The Phantom yeah. Pain. And uh, my God, I love that game so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've kind of hyped it up a little bit and I was excited for it and I don't think I was prepared for how much I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, is it too soon to say this is one of my favorite games ever? Like... I'm 33 I think you hours should into finish it. it. Yeah, but I mean, like, just in yeah, terms of just. Yeah, what if it gets like really racist at the end? I mean, it, I feel like it's already a little bit racist. <laughs> I don't. It just, uh, there's at least one mission that's definitely a little bit racist. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, that's okay. good to know. Um, I made a horse poop on a guy's face while he was asleep, and yeah. then I stole him with a balloon. So, mm-hmm. I mean, 
you know, I'm I'm okay with uh, with recognizing that uh, things can be problematic, but also awesome. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. I don't think it's unfair to say you enjoy something very much so much that you think, hey, this might be one of my favorite video games ever. Say it, and then yeah. like, if you discover six weeks later you're wrong, then be like. I'm wrong. Yeah, like a yeah. lot of people did when they went to see Phantom Menace. You know, like, oh man, sure. it's so great. Sure. Oh, this is one wait, of my favorite I, films ever. I mean, yeah, I will then... say that I I was really really looking forward to the Phantom Pain, and I'm really still enjoying it. And it's kind of rare for me to be 33 hours deep, like marathoning something, and not feel like even slightly burnt out on mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and this yeah, is, uh, yeah. Uh, it's the I, uh, for me the first game since probably Bloodborne that has inspired such awesome stories in the office oh, of yeah, just people yeah. coming in and being yeah. like, oh man, this happened. And then you're like, I didn't even know you could do that in the game. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was going to say, I didn't know um, I didn't know that something could sort of hover up towards or possibly at times top Bloodborne for me this year. Um, and I find myself really, really loving both of them, which is odd because I'm... I'm not a very like when it comes to video games like I'm I love like goofy open world shit stuff. Uh, I love I love uh, like ha- you know stupid platforming games. Like the other game I'm playing like crazy right now is Mario Maker, which is totally different than anything else out there. But Bloodborne and uh, Metal Gear Solid Five are both uh, really obtuse mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Like they kind of actively push people away in a lot of sections. Like mm-hmm. they don't do the greatest job of, of explaining their sub menus or how to level up your weapons. Like a lot of stuff in Bloodborne was just sort of like, oh, you die a hundred times until you figure out that you don't have to do that that same way anymore. Yeah. Um, figuring out your weapon loadouts and stuff like that in Bloodborne, very similar to Metal Gear in that like no one ever goes, this is the best way to do this. You know, mm-hmm. one mission along, they're just like in Metal Gear, they were just like, hey, do you have a rocket launcher? Because you should probably get one by now. And you're yeah. like, oh, yeah, that's right. I, that's the thing I should do. Yeah, you know, totally. When I was playing, I, I was like, I think for the first seven or eight missions, I didn't realize that my armor was underneath my character appearance menu. Yeah. That made no sense to me. Why did yeah. my appearance affect my... So I'm like, why can't I put my armor on? Yeah. And I just finally go, it's like, oh, it's what I look like? Okay. Yeah. Kinda, yeah. And there's a lot of that kind of uh, obdurate uh, design there, but I like that in a way I, because I'm always discovering things. So I remember just... I want to I want to blame Japan for this, and not blame Japan, but just really accredit them for this, because like it, Japanese is a is a language that in writing reads in the opposite direction, and sometimes reads you know up to down. Like it's it it is fundamentally just structurally different in terms of syntax and how everything is arranged. And if you're making a menu which is taking text and using it as a means of you know navigating, yeah. You know, yeah, it's I feel like Japanese games are going to inherently have just bulkier menus yeah just by the the nature of having that's well if you if you trace the lineage to from a lot of japanese games it's a lot of rpgs Mm -hmm. sort of inspired as the sort of the skill tree that inspired every other video game creator to go on to make their own games and you look at the soul series and you look at uh metal gear and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and especially five it's just so sort of obtuse Mm -hmm. and it it's it's it takes some time to get in there and figure it out and luckily there's like there's Quick ways around it, like when you start, when you, I mean, spoilers, but you get a, a big base in Metal Gear, and you get all these guys, and you start sending them there, and you start assigning them to things, and it, it's really easy to get lost in all that stuff like that. There's all this sort of like tiny little micromanaging of stats that you wouldn't really think are in a game where a, a horse can poop on a sleeping guy, and you can mm-hmm. send him away in a balloon, but it's all there, and it's it's really weird. I find myself like, so Bloodborne is the first. Souls games, I, Souls game I ever played. Yeah, like or I mean, I played a little bit here and there in, pre- mm-hmm. in previous events. And Metal Gear, um, I played about half of two. I played most of t- Twin Snakes. I played the first one, obviously. I played about the first two hours of of three and the mm. first hour of four, yeah. and none of it ever truly clicked with me. But this game, 
hot damn. Yeah. It is just grabbing me. And it's, you know, every now and then, you know, we talked a little bit at the first hour of the game. It just goes, oh, well, there is a really weird story and I don't understand anything, anything that's going on. And then it sort of moves out of the way for you mm-hmm. to just really enjoy the world that it's in. And I, I've gotten a lot. I was tweeting about how much I love the game and a bunch of people asked me, like, if I never like Metal Gear and I don't like stealth, should I play this? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it, it does something that I've been really hoping. Well, I've, I've been hoping Assassin's Creed would gut itself for quite a few games now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I feel like there are things that are just fundamentally just just don't work. Like use the same button for everything or just the way the the kind of I just, just some of the missions are just just poorly poorly assembled, you know, mm-hmm. the approach to an open world are just kind of kind of weird. And I think that the Phantom Pain is the first Metal Gear game that has basically had the kind of humility to just be like we need to scrap a lot of stuff and yep. rebuild it from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 4, I mean I played it I thought it was technically really, really impressive, but it also felt like this weird kind of like, like they shaved pieces off of the traditional kind of Metal Gear formula to make it feel more modern, and it, mm-hmm. uh, it's more accessible because of that it's it's like a, a twin stick shooter. You can go into first person. Yeah, uh, the aiming is a lot more like you don't have to stop to aim. Yeah, uh, but it's still just didn't feel like it was quite there. Yeah, yeah. And it also didn't feel like a singular vision. It almost felt like five different games. Yeah. Like, if mm-hmm. you would have told me that each chapter of four was directed by someone else, I would have totally believed you. Yeah, like, right. Like, going to Eastern Europe well, and having, like, the, the sneaky spy stuff. Yeah. And, I mean, like, Metal Gear, it's kind of... Like, you look at Metal Gear Solid, the first one, and that is... Uh, Using using th- like 3D and polygons to reinterpret what was on the MSX2 with Metal Gear 2, which was kind of an isometric top down, not isometric, but like top down kind of view, mm-hmm. uh, which works for for stealth games. And then uh, you know two rolls around, and they're like, let's add some first person stuff, but it still feels very clunky by today's standards. Yeah, uh, three, they had to wait until subsistence to add controlling your own camera, yeah. which is like going back to that and playing it without. <laughs> A free camera is just, it feels like having one of your hands tied behind your back. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just kind of odd. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like 4 was kind of just still trying to keep pieces of that original formula in there. Uh, Phantom Pain just feels like a brand new game from the ground up. It's a very very effective evolution of Peace Walker. I mean, that's that's the other bit. We've got these four numbered ones in the series, but you do see a lot of the ideas that were kind of roughed out in Peace Walker. Mm -hmm smoothed off and turned into something logical. Along, and uh, you combine that with what you mentioned going all the way back to the MSX2. So this is a big open world game, but something it does that very few open world games does is, is yes, you've got all the space, but really it's, it's, a, it's a series of nodes. Yeah. Uh, a series mm-hmm. of, of, of lures to draw you in. It's areas where things are happening, broken up by wide open space that's mostly used for observation and planning. Yeah. But everything's happening around Which the I, nodes. I love exactly. so much. Yeah. So it's still pulling you into to artfully, thoughtfully designed areas where you're doing largely unscripted interactions. Yep. And yep. that is that is a really great fusion of, of Peace Walker and then the earlier Metal Gear themes that you were talking about there coming together in, a, in an absolutely unique way. And it just works so well. Mm-hmm. I can't think – this game reminds me almost more of Crackdown than anything else. Not because it's arcadey and jumpy, but because it's like here's a point. Here's right. everything around the point. <clears throat> Go do something Go about do that thing. point. Yeah, and yeah. So uh, that's why you mentioned you mentioned Assassin's Creed, and you know, I, I actually, I, if you had asked me a few years ago, like. Do you like stealth games? I would have said no. And then I, I sort of realized that I play a lot of them. And then I go, yeah, well, maybe I do. Because I like the ones that are 
Uh, stealth games always meant sort of like to me the early Splinter Cell games, which were mm-hmm. um, your gun was basically just like the tranquilizer it a, gun. Yeah, it, was uh, it was nothing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you alerted anybody, you had to restart the entire thing. Uh, stealth games since then have become so much more forgiving and in that like you can get 90% into a mission in Metal Gear Solid Five and get spotted and then all of a sudden it's a Call of Duty level. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the first you know hour of it are, are different. But I think the reason that Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs and a bunch of the open world attempted stealth games don't work the way this one does is because you are a citizen in those games in a bustling world full of people who are totally okay with you walking by them. Mm-hmm. Whereas Metal Gear is there are two main characters in that are two outside of yourself. There is the constant threat of the enemy, mm-hmm. which is pretty much ninety five percent of the population of the world. And then there is the environment, mm-hmm. which is a real pain in the ass sometimes. And it's sometimes it's a pain in the ass to traverse. Sometimes in the most serendipitous moments, it just works in your favor mm-hmm. where you are I'm sure you guys have all experienced this, but you're <clears throat> invading this base camp and you're there's 15 guys and you're like, there's no way I, I'm pinned in this corner. There's nothing I can do. And all of a sudden you get this thing over your comm that's like sandstorm approaching and a sandstorm comes in and all of a sudden the entire world is blind to you. Yep. And you can get in there and do as much as you need to do, but it stops you from sending people out on balloons because they, won't, they yeah. won't fly yeah. away. So it makes you rethink everything. So you can go in, knock down all of your targets, hide a bunch of bodies. The sandstorm clears and everybody's like, what the hell was that all exactly. about? Yeah. Although that can also come back to bite you. The, the, I right. had a, one of those wonderful moments. I'm like, yeah, sandstorm. And you know, I lay down flat after I've done all my cool stuff and the storm clears. And I look next to my head, and there's a pair of walker feet yeah. just oh. next to my head. Yeah. And just kind of look up, and there's the exclamation point, and the Gatlings go off in missions. Mm-hmm. And so it can it can work so many – I yeah. love that there's no script for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that these moments just happen and happen and happen again. It, it's, it's, it's one of the best storytelling games uh, I, yeah. I think I've ever played. That's the – but that's – I mean, that's the funny thing is, like, I think a lot of people who uh, were expecting the sort of uh, – Pomp and and just long-winded story nature of the Metal Gear games might be disappointed because that's not what the main story is here. The main mm-hmm. story is the things we create with the tools that are in the world, mm-hmm. and like our stories are the main stories mm-hmm. of the game. Like, yeah, it does like further the or it bridges the gap between Big Boss's story and, yeah. and Snakes. And you get into the post game, there's more of that. Yeah. If, if you're frustrated by that, finish the game, get to the post game. Sure. There's plenty of story. But it's, it's why I feel weird coming into this franchise where I'm at right now because it's sort of like going to a place that. They've been, you know, you go to like a restaurant that they've been working on for 25 years and the menu's fantastic <laughs> now. But they're like, oh, the first few years we were open, uh, you know, none of the burners worked and, you know, the, <laughs> the door was always creaky and all the tables had sticky shit on them. And you're just like, well, everything's awesome now. Like, sorry you guys went through all those troubles yeah. back then. But well, it's, it really, <clears throat> I really love how it feels like it might as well be the first Metal Gear game remake. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so close to it. Like the first Metal Gear starts up and you're like, Snake. Go in here. You've got to get the boss or something. And they're like, I feel asleep. Oh, no, dogs. You know, and it's just like, what is this game? Like, yeah. And it was all that back then was like, hey, what if you took 80s Reagan era American action movies and infused them with anime influences? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's taking that, but it's doing them and it looks like one of those movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. sneaking into some some base and I was just like, I've always loved the aesthetic of the old Metal Gear games, almost, almost more than the modern ones, just because it's got that kind of like that – that genuine, like you can imagine that Snake is is Michael Bean or Tom yeah. Berenger or something. Yeah. Kurt Russell, uh, yeah, Kurt Russell, obviously, though he is totally like 
Tom Berenger in the box oh, art. Yeah, or what? What is he the just guy's has name? Snake yeah. Plissken's gun. Right, he just has Snake's gun there. Um, otherwise, and Sean Connery's big boss. Yeah, he's, and he's John Connor, whatever. But he's mm. just like he's that kind of he is that that eighties action hero, and this is the first game where I really just I feel like that. You know, yeah. like mm-hmm. you think like the the beginning of like True Lies or something where he's like sneaking into this base okay. and he's like, you know, knocking guys' heads together and like just you know unzipping the, the sneaking suit and it's a tuxedo underneath. Yeah, and it's just like this game just just nails that feeling of just like the searchlight coming over and you're like just face down in the mud. It is just so like tense. Badass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it's, it's the beginning of The Rock, which yeah. is like what the yeah. beginning of Metal Gear is. And it just, I'm, I'm, I love it. Like it's, it's the combination of everything that made me just so happy when I was 10 years old, which was like playing Manhunt in my friend's backyard and like avoiding his motion sensor porch light. Yeah, you were saying to me over the weekend, you were saying that it feels like it's like hide and seek for adults it's, because exactly. we can't play that as you, an adult exactly. because you, you'd get arrested. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what I love about video games is that they allow you to do things that you did when you were a kid, but that you could also only get away with when you're a yeah. kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could also go run around in my backyard with a, a stick and pretend I was fighting skeletons and dragons and... Mm-hmm. Now I can't really get away with that without looking like I'm on PCP. Yep. So that's why I love Skyrim. Yeah. And yep. I also used to play like you know hide and seek tag. And mm-hmm. now I've got Metal Gear, yep. and it's scratching that itch, and it makes me so happy. And at the same time, it also feels like I'm you know in The Rock or Terminator or Escape from New York or whatever mm-hmm. any one of these awesome old movies I grew up with. And it's just it's also got robots, which Being, is great. Yep. Rankly <clears throat> sentimental. That's really kind of beautiful. Yeah. I, I love that thought. I'm mm-hmm. really yeah. glad you said that. Anyway, I want. I mean, I really want everyone to play this game. And amazingly enough, we actually um, we have been given uh, we've been given a code. Ooh, um, yep. I'm yep. sorry, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, our buddy Yuichi, uh, yes, over from, uh, from yeah. Konami, uh, has uh, grabbed us a code. Yeah, and, uh, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. He, Yuichi's a nice dude. Yeah, he's uh, a good dude. He also made the really cool uh, IGN uh, logo on his uh, on his mother base. Oh, that's the, right. Uh, yeah. With the emblem. Yeah, really? nice. I haven't yeah. seen. That's a, like a part of the game yeah. I haven't even gotten into. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, there's yeah. so much of that. There's I so know. many crazy things you keep finding. Just like what? Mine just uh, is octopus bear, yeah. but it's in like Miami Vice colors. Yeah. So what's the plan for giving that away? What do we? That's a good. That's a good question. How do you like? Should we do like a write us an email and tell us why you think you should why you deserve Metal Gear? Or should we do like a question or hmm. like a hmm. something? Yeah, it's hard because we can't be like how tell about, us your favorite Metal Gear Five story because it's like well you already yeah have how about game. this if you were going to name D Dog anything but D Dog what would you name him? What's pup, best puppy? That's name? a good that's a good that's a solid question yeah solid question best so puppy I like name. it email what? us at uh, beyond at ign dot com uh-huh. yep. subject line D Dog D Dog mm-hmm. yep just give us the best puppy name yeah. cool. The one that we I, I kind of hate you guys. What's that? Because we were going to get thousands of emails. To, yeah, but they're just dog, dog names. names. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And here's the other thing: is you can't you can't write anything else. There's got to be a dog name in there. Because we got to go through all these. Don't be like, if I had the dog and I was going to tra- train him to do the thing. Let me explain my. Jo- just write the name of the dog and you know yeah. the joke should yeah, tell did, us I, so. did I tell you guys? Did I ever tell you guys the Halo haiku story? No, but I can't. Oh, you still get emails. So Will Tuttle, who's my old boss at GameSpy, and he did this thing once where he was just like, "Hey, we got this beta code for Halo, whatever the hell Halo it was that seven years ago," and he goes, uh, "Yeah, send us a haiku to podcast at GameSpy.com, which was also the pod- the email we alias we used for the GameSpy briefings, which was the podcast we were on at the time, and we got hundreds like people. I don't even know people did this, yeah, uh, or knew or listened to it. So they wrote in, but then they also wrote in for years to come with just." Things that weren't even haikus at all. Yeah. Think about the kind of guy that listens to, that reads through a, a Roses contest. Roses are red, violets yeah. are yeah. blue. Ooh. The I kind like of person that responds Chief. to a contest three years too. Okay, late. That's so a, if yeah. you are a lot hearing, of dogs. if you are hearing this contest announcement, and it is past uh, Sunday, September thirteenth, twenty fifteen, 
whatever time zone, any time zone. That's the deadline. So just yeah. If yeah. you've heard it and it's after that time, then don't email us Stop a dog it. name. Dog yeah. Stop don't, it. Just send dog. Just send haiku to Brian. Brian. That's Who's all. a bad dog? Um, write the dog, dog name on your forehead and look in the mirror. Yeah. So on, a, on the note of uh, Phantom Pain, uh, just a PSA from Konami. Uh, don't use quiet on missions 29 or 42 because it could corrupt your save file. I'm 33 hours in. I'm on mission 15. What's mm-hmm. your percentage? Uh, four. 18 percent. Yeah. Yeah. 18, 19 I'm 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 20 something hours in, and I'm 10 percent done. Yeah, how much I have you love, put in, Jerry? Oh, there's oh I I have easily played this game over 100 hours at this point. Um, and there's a lot there still. Um, those 42 missions are main story missions. There's also I think 150 side ops, something like that. Yeah, 152, uh, I think. You could get a knife that you could put on your dog. I already have that. It's awesome. Yeah. But understand, you don't actually have to play all of those story missions to get all the story. Some of them are challenge missions that you're going to unlock. Uh, like you'll have earlier versions versions of missions but you have to do them assistant style where you're dropped in naked yep. and have to scrounge all your gear or you have to do the perfect stealth version not all of those have to be complete we've mm-hmm. got a thing on the on the guide right now about hey here are the missions you absolutely have to play to unlock all the stories on IGN's guide right uh, yeah that IGN guide that uh, you you the, specifically busted your ass on I was uh, using that a little over the weekend just looking at the uh, I think like, like, the any of it help? super helpful the motherface yeah, mother stuff. stuff is great okay. I think because like, you know, like I said the game doesn't really do a great job of explaining stuff to you yeah. so it's good to have you guys around we're trying to add more. Uh, there's a lot. It's it's been John and I and Brennan have pretty much all been on it for a while now. So I would say I know you, there's still some holes. Yeah. You, have you guys done like a starter guide? Uh, yeah, a couple yeah. of matches. I am so, I am desperately resisting the urge to check any of that, but it's really reassuring to know it's all there. Yeah. So cool. and Beyond Guys says if you got any questions about the game, send them in. Uh, yeah. Let us know. That'll help us fill in the wiki, please. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good to know where the pain points also, are. Also, this I think this corrupted save file thing is going to be fixed at some point. Oh soon. yeah, totally. Yeah, they're not going to just leave episode. It. Yeah, because that is terrifying. The idea of putting in that many hours and then yeah, fifty hours in it corrupts the file. Like, oh, they're just Konami's. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, it's cool. We've got all the all our employees at uh, Kojima Productions hard at work on. Uh, Hello? Uh, yeah. Hello, anyone? This is really frightening me because for the guide, I was using Quiet Mission 29. I just lucked out. So, yay. Ooh, Look at you, man. Been, that would have been really, really bad. Yeah. Um, Living wow. on the edge. Yeah. Okay, uh, so. In other really weird news, uh, <coughs> Kingdom Hearts 2.9 showed up on some guy's LinkedIn as a thing he worked on yeah. for, I believe, PS3 and PS4. PS3 and PS4. Uh, it also says that that man worked on multiplayer for Kingdom Hearts 3, which mm. that's never been a thing. Huh. So, um, yeah. Uh, I actually, I was talking to uh, Goldfarb right before this, uh, and I... My my immediate thought is that 2.9 is going to be uh, the equivalent of Final Fantasy episode Dusk Sky. Mm. Um, I think Kingdom Hearts 3 is a very long time away, and I think uh, they're going to release a playable thing. Maybe it's going to be a thing on Final Fantasy 15 when that comes that's out. That's a neat idea. Uh, although that's not a game that is going to need like anyone. A, like, like a Ground Zeroes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I think it'll be like a thing that's like, hey, the game is still taking a long time, but here is a playable thing to uh, sort of if, satiate. If it's you. like Disguy, will it be like a bunch of Disney characters hanging out with Coleman tents and I hope so. stew and fighting yeah. behemoths? Because that, that sounds great. What about this multiplayer thing? Like, Is that going to be like, can I, I hope that it's kart racing? <laughs> yeah, you can hope it's kart racing. I, I mean, the idea, like, I doubt it's going to be like, hey, three people are dropped in the world, and you're Sora, and someone's Donald, and someone's mm-hmm. a Goofy. Like, I don't think that's how it's going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I would imagine it might be something more passive, mm-hmm. or maybe being able to, like, share stuff with friends or leaderboard stuff or... I don't um, want to hit the giant, like, tropey thing, but is there any possibility of, like, a Monster Hunter-type interactive thing? I mean, that would be cool. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The series hasn't really done that. And they, I, you know, from what we've seen of Kingdom Hearts three at uh, E three, it is a much larger game in terms of so scope. Did we know that Kingdom Hearts was going to be? Or is Kingdom Hearts three just PS four? Is that going to be? It's PS four and Xbox One. Uh, it's definitely not PS three. Okay. So I've no, I've no idea why this. That's why that possibly makes it come out for PS three. Kind of odd. Well, it could also be like here's the final final version of. Here's a here's an HD yeah. remaster of 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 one and two and all those other games, which yeah. those are only available on PS3, mm-hmm. right? And it's sort of weird that those haven't popped up on Xbox, just because like, well, Kingdom Hearts three is coming out for Xbox One. Right. You would think that if you've only owned Xbox consoles, you'd want to get caught up. You know, we we gripe about remastered versions and HD whatever's, but. This is, you know, as as they say, every every console is someone's first console. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it makes a ton of sense to be like, hey, here's this new thing that's coming out to like can you can you play Metal Gear Solid One on PS4? Can you download the PS1 classic? On PS4? I haven't tried. Possibly. I yeah. I mean I you know, can't actually. even you can't even play like the you can't play the remastered ones, can you? No. Like so Yeah, I mean I still have a I still have a launch PS3 <laughs> at home that I sort of use for mm-hmm. my PS1 and PS2 yeah. games. No, I love. I, I know people yeah. gripe about compilations and remasters. I love getting them. I, I no, play it's, the, it, it's handy. Yeah, send them over here. Give me rare replay. Give me Mega Man. Send them on over. Yeah, I'll buy, I'll, I buy I'll movies on on Blu-ray. I already have on DVD. You know, yeah. it's just kind of you want to have one machine in your house. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't expect real Kingdom Hearts stuff for quite a while. I mean, we know that Big Hero Six is going to be in the game, which uh, we saw at D twenty three, but which is an evil Big Hero Six, a real, a real mean Baymax. Yep. Oh no, no yeah. mean Baymax. Yeah, he's the mean. He's the one that you left behind in the little hole. Oh, I don't like. Which that. is really dark. Yeah. Pierce says I walk like Baymax. <laughs> wow, that's totally it. <laughs> I can see that. You're like if Baymax and Robotnik had a baby. Uh, I'm thinking about being Baymax for Halloween this year. That'd be really, uh, really lovely. You're very, yeah. much, you're very much just, you're very caring. I'm your personal healthcare assistant. Yeah. Except unlike real healthcare assistants, you're like, I don't a, you're charge like you a personal <laughs> mental health care assistant. Like you yeah. come over, you're like, "Are you having an okay day, Aww. friend Max?" <laughs> <laughs> that must get so irritating. I'm no, sorry. it's wonderful. That possibly you're a too. you're a positive influence in the in the office. Um, yeah, <laughs> horrible. Witcher Three is getting an expansion because everyone totally finished that 200 plus hour game. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, <laughs> I will be coming back to that game for uh, the rest of my life. I feel like. Can we talk about the expansions called Hearts of Stone? Isn't Hearts like you got to just call it something else? Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Hearts of Stone. I feel like that's such a nice little just sort of shots fire at at, at um, Hearthstone. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's it's also if you buy the physical, there's like a limited edition like physical version of this that comes with two actual Gwent decks, Jesus. so you can totally play this like actual fake card game. This, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is a fun <clears throat> it's a fun game. Yeah. I still want them to put that on a mobile. If they put out Gwent on mobile, I'd probably play it, and then yeah. I'd be like, mm-hmm. well. I'm playing a trading card game on my phone. I'm not Max Scoville anymore. I don't know who I am. <laughs> are, are there any real plans to like publish a box version? I, I would buy like a tavern box of that to play with friends. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. That I mean, be, I mean, you would if they imagine. want if they want money. Yeah, and, I mean, Witcher Three sold an insane amount. Like, yeah, you yeah. think like the 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 you know. I hope it comes with a with a CD that's just got like a like a nine like a ninety minute loop of just that Gwent music. <laughs> that Gwent music. No, I mean I, I just I think it like a you know a low key party with friends, just drinks and playing like tavern games like that. Yeah. Be a lot of fun. It's terrifying. Boring. That so you can entertain some company. Yeah, I do want to go entertain some company. Absolutely, you're bewitching, Max. Yeah. That so, Gwent down the sorry. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, it's funny that. The games that are on everyone's mind for Game of the Year so far are all 12,000 hours long. <laughs> Between Metal Gear yeah, and Witcher a... and Bloodborne. I mean, we've been yeah, waiting. Yeah, that kind of sucks, right? Yeah. We've had sort of some some sparse game releases the last you know couple of years. You know, so there's been obviously some big stuff in there, but yeah. 
with the launch of new consoles, it's kind of like people have been working on finishing sure. these games. And it's like, if you're going to put out like a big, huge game for a brand new mm-hmm. system, you kind of want to be big. Also, we've got, we've got Fallout still. Uh, yeah. Terrifying. Like, I yep. can't even remember what's like Metal Gear is is got its claws in me pretty deep, and yeah. I don't know. I guess fangs because of snakes and all that. But yeah. uh, uh, and there's still Witcher, and then of course like Fallout happens mm-hmm. after that, and yeah. I can't even see past that. There's an Assassin's Creed. There's, there's Rise of the Tomb Raider. That's yeah, right. which like Rise of the Tomb Raider. You know, it's not coming to PS4 for a while, but I'm really excited for that game because I can finish that game probably in a weekend. Yeah, totally. Uh, and I don't know if I'll ever finish Metal Gear. Yeah, I really, I, I'll, pr- I'll, I will try to. I'll see the ending. Get, get sure to the ending at least. No, I'll, I, I'll, I will do everything I can too. But like, like I'll never see the ending of The Witcher. Just mm-hmm. won't happen. Just yeah. not in my vernacular. So I'm actually, I'm, I imagine. I don't, do you have to finish The Witcher to get the expansion? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it says that, but I feel like I feel like that'd be kind of weird if they if they forced that. You know, like the Fallout Fallout Three DLC, you could pretty much play I think, whatever. That's yeah. a John Ryan question. I, he's yeah. on that. I'm not Worth sure. looking into. We should know that. But uh, I, I do like it because the all the stuff they're showing off for this looks very like kind of cheerful fantasy. Like mm-hmm. the Wild Hunt was cool, but like all the stuff I loved in The Witcher Three was. The, the kind of more lighthearted, more mm-hmm. just kind of like fairy tale adventure stuff versus like these apocalyptic Sauron looking guys coming through on horses made of fire. And now, how long around. how long does that game take to finish? Witcher? Witcher? Yeah. A long time. Like 200 hours to like get to the ending credits. I, no, I mean, I'm sure you can cut corners, but. What did they say? I think they said that they're, they're speed run guys, like they're, they're QA testers. Mm-hmm. Were, they, they gave a number for that and they were like, it'll it takes them. 60 the color yeah, Polish something. weekend that's, <laughs> it's not brutal yeah yeah, it's yeah like, I don't know I, I, so I, I really want more games that are like uncharted length that mm-hmm. are sort of like 10-15 hours that's why I loved Until Dawn so much yeah so I was like it was in my life and then out of my life yep. I'm like this is great yep. that's why but, I like episodic yeah. games well, I think we get a lot I, of games that are like 2 hours long that you're like well that's a little short yeah. and then you see stuff that's 200 hours and I'm like sorry I, I'd like to keep getting the variety we're getting right now. Sure. I, yeah. I, I love short games, medium games, long games. As long as it, the game should be the length of what it takes to accomplish mm-hmm. what it's trying to do in the right yeah. way. And so I'm grateful that we're finally, you know, because there have been some big, not so good games. Uh, now we're getting like, you know, what, two, three really good, big, exploratory games so, all the same year. But, uh, you know, I, I, I hope, I know it's almost too much, but let's, I'm grateful. because yeah, was, also, I wonder if Assassin's Creed is going to take a hit this year because of all that. I mean, I feel like it's usually the, the kind of like the leading star for open world games in the fall, and it's got a lot to go up against. If yeah. people are still playing Witcher and you're still playing Metal Gear, which most will, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm guessing the, the release of Metal Gear means that a lot of people skipped it and they're waiting to get it as a Christmas gift, which mm-hmm. they will in November. Um, and then Fallout, I think like that open world itch is being scratched everywhere. And I don't really know if Assassin's Creed is going to specifically do anything that's yeah, I mean, I think going to pull you away from those it's games. It's coming out at a smart time. Yeah. It's going to be about a month and a half after Metal Gear, and it's yep. going to be about two or three weeks before Fallout. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, so by now, uh, we know uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate is our IGN first for the month. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where I was before PAX, went to Quebec, and uh, that trip sold me on the game. You're really digging it, yeah. right? Yeah. That trip sold me on the game. Like, the, the word the team kept using was fun, mm-hmm. and they kept talking about how, you know, they're looking at the Ezio games, and they're looking at Black Flag in terms of what they want to do. That's, like, multiplayer's been scrapped. They want a more lighthearted, like, they're, they were pointing out references. They're like, Gangs of New York is a reference. Yeah, uh, so it's awesome. Guy Ritchie movies. You like, get a, yeah, they yeah. very much got that kind of Guy Ritchie, Sherlock Holmes, yeah. and also that, that, again, Gangs of New York. And the thing that those both have in common is that they are anachronistic as all hell. Yep. And it's 
that's good because I that, felt that's what that so is. much that Assassin's Creed is always like sort of like a like a, a when you go on a field trip to some interesting sort of like you know theme park <laughs> and they're like well welcome to welcome to uh, Plymouth Rock and this is where the pilgrims came yep. in their old boat oh no don't don't go over there we're we're gonna go over there later uh, but please stay with the rest of the tour and you're like. I want to jump on stuff. I yeah. want to run around. Yeah. And they're like, no, you're supposed to follow this one horse. Yeah. Don't yeah. be seen, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Don't attract a crowd. It's just yeah. like, that's not fun. That's I think they're like, definitely, they're going for more of the, uh, you know, sort of like Metal Gear where you're given, like we were talking about where you're given a situation. You know, like, mm-hmm. you gotta, your ultimate thing is to kill that dude. Yeah. We don't care how you do it. That's yeah. great. There's like 10 different ways to do it. You've got a grappling hook. You got a grappling right? hook. Yeah. You got like carriages that actually control well and that you can like fight on top of a carriage. See, that sounds like fun. I yeah. bet those horses it's, it's don't defecate though. It's good to hear you say that you talk to them and they're specifically referencing what they did like in the past games. Because yeah. I guess you're always under the idea that these Assassin's Creed games are kind of built in a bubble mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because they're made by almost a different team every, every single year, year. Yeah, so absolutely. and it's hard to get those things coordinated like each one's like two or three years in development so by the time a gameplay mechanism is so far along like somebody else is already working on a new thing for the next one mm-hmm. well money talks and they got punched in the gut that's some of it yeah. I mean the, the last, last time, year yeah and yeah. they were they were forced to stop and breathe and I think that's good yeah uh, I, I, don't, I don't wish any bad will to anybody involved in these projects but it, it's occasionally good to get that reality check that forces you to refocus on what you do best. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if they stop to breathe. I mean, it's it's still annualized. It's mm-hmm. like yeah. Far, far Cry is stopping to breathe. Yeah, I mean, that's that's so that's point. what like Max when you mentioned how you would love to see just a like reworking from the ground up. Yeah, which is tough on annualization. Like Metal Gear is able to do it because it's been a generation since four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which you know, in annualized games, that's like Call of Duty can't. It can slowly change things, but nothing can reinvent the wheel because. Every November yeah. there has to be one. I actually yeah. think that Call of Duty is sort of Call of Duty could benefit from what's happening with Assassin's Creed, where they are they were for a while being developed in isolation because Call of Duty had like veered down that Titanfall road, mm-hmm. and I don't think it'll ever go back. Like it's so much about super sci-fi futuristic jumping, triple jumping mech suits now. It can never go back to school teachers who got drafted yeah. for. Yeah, war. it'll never yeah. go back to like the old windy pop guns and like you know you're in a you're you you actually have a wooden <laughs> musket looking yeah. thing. As much as I would to... love that because I want to <laughs> no, see right. like a gorgeous well, game like that. Yeah. Totally, it'll be a completely new like title if they do. You know, in the yeah. same way that yeah. Black Ops kind of is. That was, I feel like more story heavy. You know, yeah. and then like. I don't know if we're ever going to see a ghost too. I just I feel like people yeah. are just kind of whatever about that. But advanced warfare too, probably. Like, there's kind of an explanation in the in the what comes after the colon there. Yeah. I feel like it wouldn't be unheard of to see, at some point in the somewhat near future, to see like a Call of Duty, like Call of Duty Valor or something, and it's like yeah. World yeah. War Two again. Yeah. I just love that you think of an M1 Garand as a musket. That's that's adorable. I, I, I don't know anything about the past. <laughs> <laughs> or guns. <laughs> or okay. Things. So we we're talking about Ubisoft for a minute there. Uh, they're opening a theme park? Yep. Uh, set to open in 2020 in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Ubisoft announced that they are developing a 10,000 square meter next generation indoor theme park featuring rides, shows, and more, all built around Ubisoft's games and characters. Yeah, they, and they mentioned so, specifically uh, Assassin's Creed, Just Dance, and Rabbids. Mm-hmm. You know those little rabbits? I don't like those. Those are like minions. So rabbits, yeah, they're yeah. they definitely have that minion. They're, vibe they're to them. Uh, all over. When I was in France, they're they're, they're that's like Mickey Mouse over there. Yeah. Aside from regular really? Mickey Mouse, yeah. yeah, the rabbit stuff is everywhere. They actually like it there. That really stuck there. It's so strange to see. Like you walk by capsule toy machines and toy stores, and like huh. uh, you'll you'll walk past like stores that have T-shirts. There's kids everywhere with like rab- rabbits merchandise. You can go on YouTube. I'm like, and oh, watch that's these who did French it. shorts that they're still you know. They're still well, they're basically like they predate they predate minions basically. 
basically. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just like this sort of like overwhelming mass of horrible monster creatures that yeah. run around making squeaky French noises. And my yeah. wife's really into them. Yeah. Uh, she, she thinks they're hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, I totally see why kids love them, you know. I kind of, like, I kind of just am inherently a little more fond of European cartoons just mm-hmm. because they're like, they're just a little bit lewd. Like they're yeah, always like yeah, they're yeah. not afraid to show a cat smoking a cigar. Yeah. Whereas here we're like, but what if a child actually did that? It's like the cat's trying to eat a bird too. He's has yeah. An yeah. Like, <laughs> you, yeah. Like, the rabbits thing is weird with me because I'm I'm a huge fan of Rayman, and the rabbits are just a part of that universe that became bigger than every like we'll get rabbits games for the rest of our lives. We might never get another like side scrolling 2D hand painted Rayman game again. Mm-hmm. Which kind of bums me out. It's sort of like when people latch on to like the worst part of something and make it the biggest part of something. Mm-hmm. Not saying they're bad, but like I'd rather play another Rayman game than another, you know, party game collection with the rabbits. Yeah. Huh. I but also this, keep thinking you're saying Rain Man. Rain Man? And I want to see if the Everybody uh, loves Rain Man. <laughs> no, uh, so, uh, along this, that line, so, the, the fact this park is in Kuala Lumpur, when I was a kid I used to think that's where koalas were from. And I always so, thought that was one of the yeah. coolest uh, country names. Yeah. Uh, so Besides like, Lake Titicaca. Uh, it's also a really... I I'm not... <laughs> neither, neither of those are countries. What I, I was in... <laughs> Again, I don't know anything about well, geography. Well, one is a city and one is literally a lake. When I was in elementary school, they made us sing this song in music class. This bunch of fifth graders. Uh-huh. The lyrics went, Land of the silver bush, home of the beaver, where still the mighty moose wanders at will. Blue Lake and Rocky Shore, I will return once more. Boom, titty, boom, 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 titty, boom, boom, boom. Wow. This is... Uh, that, that went Rihanna at the very end. Yeah, there. a class of uh, <laughs> just like, just silver bushes and homes of beavers and boom, titty, boom, boom. Very yeah, rough. I always thought Lake Titty Kaka, we're getting way off target here, but I always thought Lake Titty Kaka was like a thing that somebody showed up and named and then left and all the locals were like, oh, what a great name. And no one ever came back and was just like, yo, uh, that's uh, boobs and poop <laughs> in a lake. Okay, so Ubisoft's got this theme park, right? Yeah. <laughs> like I wrote down the timestamp to break Which is out. weird because uh, there are the rumors that Nintendo's also partnering with Universal to make a theme park. So we might actually get legitimate video game theme parks. Yeah, in our yeah. we've got we've got like Avatar Land and Star Wars Land, and there's like like Disney's hard at work kind of updating this stuff. And mm-hmm. have they announced like a Marvel superhero land? Is that a thing? That's no, they're doing Star Wars though. It's okay. a confu- the Marvel thing's confusing because Marvel has the. Uh, Stuff in Universal, right? Yeah, there's Even like no, now it's obviously and, and there was, much there was talk yeah, yeah. of Konami partnering with Universal for something. Yep. Incredible uh, Hulk's a good coaster, by the way. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was, yeah. yeah, I think that I think the idea is that like there's so much there's so much media that can be kind of digitized, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you can like I feel like movies are doing great. People still go see movies, but yeah. at the same time, people also just download movies, and you know, it's like you don't to to do the thing where you get someone out of the house. You know, I'm guessing that theme parks must be on some kind of long con scale doing really well for Ubisoft yeah. to be like, yeah, let's open a theme park in Kuala Lumpur. Well, they probably figure that the only other place where you can nickel and dime people with more multi, you know, microtransactions than a video game yeah. is a theme park. There yeah. you like, go. You can't go I'm, more than three feet without being like, this. you gotta buy this ticket, you gotta buy this thing, also, here's a turkey leg. It's yeah. also like one of the few pieces of art that can't be pirated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. Like yeah. you can't True. download a facsimile. It's also, it's, it's all, it's, it's very cheap localized escapism for people that don't have to get on a plane. Yeah. Like I can, I can go to a fake proximity of France by going to a, some 
you know. Right. And if but, you've got kids, and the other bit, if you're rich and you've got kids, these are these are kind of the apex. You you, you market them directly to them through you know you can market. Even if you're poor and you have you, kids, yeah, it is. It, yeah, although less and less, I think major theme parks are for the poor. Uh, but that's a whole. other Well, they're they're incredibly expensive. Yeah, like, that's dis- what I mean. Disneyland specifically. Like yeah. I have a friend going. To, we have a friend, Anthony Gallegos is going to Disneyland and was just telling us about how it's going to be a two thousand dollar trip for him and his girlfriend to go yeah. and stay a few nights. And Good it's like, God, and it's and it's a feedback yeah. loop. It's kind of like, ridiculous. You have direct channels to market to these children. Hey, all these characters and things are wonderful. And by the way, if you go to the park, you can see all of it. So mm-hmm. then yeah. you you sell the toys. Then you go to the park, and then once you go to the park, you sell more toys. Yeah, the, and it's yeah. It's so just I'm amazing. I'm real curious to just see how they do a family friendly version of Assassin's Creed. Like they're probably gonna do the whole historical aspect and be like, come in and see how an actual yeah. a butter churn works, or like, my guess is it'll here's be here's an old timey cotton gin. You're they'll do a, they'll do a, like a rooftop roller coaster type thing. Like, have you guys ever been to the Batman ride in New Jersey? Yeah. Six Flags. Yeah. So it's like the same way where they 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 went off to this sort of like '90s Gotham aesthetic, where it mm-hmm. looks a lot like the the old like the action figure packaging for like the '89 Batman, where everything's just kind of like black and gold and dingy, and they it's just like. Imagine Batman escaping through the night, and it's basically just like these kind of crappy-looking rooftop settings mm-hmm. that you go flying through. And Assassin's Creed is a lot about sort of like jumping from building to building and yep. traversing over these giant, you know, rooftop landscapes. So it's easy for them to do a ride that's sort of just like stop. You're being chased, you and know, it's you're in a roller coaster. Actually, now that I think about it, they've been doing. Uh Assassin's Creed obstacle courses yeah, at Comic Con. Comic Con. Yeah, you could do something about that. Yeah, you could also like I can imagine like how there's the Harry Potter Diagon Alley thing, like yep. walking through a fake city that goes from you know Italy to London to Paris. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, in the and they're, they're, yeah. they're also, selling turkey legs. I mean, and the the it's a, a, yeah. a rent yeah. fair, basically. Oh, yeah. You the anim- be an the Animus is like a, a Star Tours for history. Yeah. 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 Mag- a magic school bus. And kid, Actually, kids love toy weapons. I was going to say, there's, there's a lot of potential. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And you just have those yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of potential for sort of like the Animus ride to kind of be like, hey, pick your destination. And, yeah. you know, like, huh. where do you want to go? Or have it be like you're actually like you're an employee of, of, of Absurgo on yep. this ride. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't know what, what the Just Dance thing's going to be because just that's, be, just be that's, that's probably just They a, got Jason Derulo. <laughs> He's just gonna he be, lives there he now. Has to, he has to dance every <laughs> day. Hope you like Kuala Lumpur, Jason Derulo. That's a hardest sentence I've ever said. You know what? You know what? Uh, you know, it'd be just wonderful if we never got a Beyond Good and Evil two, but there was like a ride here. It's like you know what? That's you're never gonna get yeah. that game, but uh, go to. Go but this to is like this is what I'm talking about. I would rather they were like, here's Beyond Good and Evil two, than here's a theme park. Or I'd rather they're like, here's Rayman Legends two, than here's a theme park. But yep. you get well, what you get. I'm so sad because Marty said that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, okay. People get sad when I talk. Okay. So uh, another big thing is we got the release date for Uncharted four, yep. March 18th, yep. 2016. Woo! All right. Clear uh, your calendars. Uh, they also noted that um, what is it? There's going to be story DLC. Story DLC, yeah, yeah. The first time, which they're very excited about, and I think a lot of people are kind of hesitant about. But I would say don't be because uh, Left Behind for The Last of Us was f- incredible, phenomenal. Yeah. What if it's just about Sully and it's just like Sully doing stuff off the clock, but he's like, I'm gonna go and get a chili cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go find a cigar store, and you're just like. You just go on and doing really yeah. Old I would love that. Stuff. I'd be yeah. captivated for at least two hours. By like that. he's in the Banana Republic buying all yeah. those hot shirts that he wears. Exactly. <laughs> what do you mean you don't have an extra large? <laughs> Can you look in the back? <laughs> you got to sneak into the back, try to find the extra large. Uh, Let my, me speak to your manager. My guess is, is this will, will my my absolute real guess is this will center on Troy Baker's character, uh, Nathan Drake's brother. A, that makes a lot who of sense. Will, they'll probably fill out his backstory. Mm. Um, I think uh, another thing a lot of people want is the sort of like in, you know how an uncharted. Three, you could play as Nathan Drake as a kid 
for an entire chapter, which was like really cool. And yeah. nobody saw that coming. Like I remember the first time I played that and all of a sudden it was just like, there's a child standing here and I can control him and sneak into a building. Yeah. But not as well as I can as an adult man. Uh, I want them to do that with Sully. <laughs> Oh. He's, he's grown up and he's a little kid and he's, he's getting just, but he's it. like a little fat little fat kid and he's yeah. trying to steal candy or something yeah it's like the Goonies with Sully like, yeah oh, be... I feel like he's just shoving Abba Zabba's down his yeah. trousers and... <laughs> yeah people uh, are upset about this I don't know why they're upset about this I mean, I mean everyone should upset look about like everything, but... Left Behind was incredible so yeah yeah I can see this focusing on Elena even um, just means more Uncharted yeah, that's cool. Yeah, especially because like this is the end. This is the end of their saga, and we might not get another Uncharted game for a few years. So I would rather this than what Naughty Dog's been doing, which is like here's a twenty dollar pack of skins for our multiplayer, or here's em- emblems, or what they did with The Last of Us, which was just disgusting, where they were like, here's poses you can do for after you kill somebody that they sold. They actually sold that. So of all the things to get mad of at uh, you know DLC that yeah. Naughty Dog's done, this is not even getting mad at a cool short story that they're going to make. Yeah, this is not even part. You of know, the, the whole the fact that we we throw the term the the abbreviation DLC around is really stupid because it's downloadable content. That doesn't mean anything in 2015. Sure. Everything is at this point downloadable. Yeah. So there was a point when it was five dollar horse armor, but right now <laughs> we're at a point where it means that could mean. You know, I mean, in the case of The Witcher, it's a it's a ten hour expansion, which is yeah. longer than a lot of games out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, we don't know how long it is, but it's it's it's, it's story driven. It's not it's not cosmetic. Yeah, you know, you're, multiplayer to- you're crap. totally right. I don't know why we still do that. Like, actually, we should. I mean, we have a big enough following here. We should step forward and and just can retire just, that. Can, can we, we start stop saying, saying expansion that? pack? Yeah, because it's like it's like calling Rogue One uh, a, a DLC for. Empire Strikes Back, yeah. you know, it's like or Star Wars. Well, it's, it's like, like if you if you we had an abbreviation for like direct to video or yeah. something, and you're like anything that's not a numbered sequel or whatever. Yeah. We're like, oh, it's just a direct to video spinoff, and you're that like, means it's it not, sucks. It's not yeah. what that is, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So DLC. are we declaring that here? Are we are we killing that? Is this gonna yeah? Be I would like to. DLC I would funeral. I would like to start calling it something new. Like, let's call it specifically what well, it is. Like, I think da- downloadable content. Like, Metal Gear Solid Five was downloadable content for me because I downloaded it. Yeah. Like, so I didn't go to a store also, for it. Can we just stop bitching about DLC because that's like that's like using the term indie game when yeah yeah you know what does that mean? What is your what is like that's independent of what you know? Mm-hmm. It's like. I like I like indie movies. Like, wait, sh- I think I think you can too broad. Yeah. You can you know? complain about a specific company's like kids is independent. Content yeah. strategy is probably a better way to put it. Like in that they are when people piecemeal content or they yeah. piecemeal story stuff out. There's there, those are individual arguments to get mad at, but to just blanket Matt anger at DLC like it seems really stupid, and it's also completely negating the fact that stuff like this. Uh, is probably going to be pretty awesome, and it is completely different than you know a background music or a posing pack or an emblem or you know any any of the other stuff that we call DLC. Can we start calling it DL Hughley? Oh, good. Yeah, let's call it that. Yeah, Uncharted Four <laughs> DL Hughley. Can we get blanket <laughs> angry at TLC? Um, chasing waterfalls and all that. Or? Why would you want to do that? They're well, they're wonderful. Why would you, you ever want to chase an entire waterfall? You should stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. Should we call uh, good DLC TLC because it could. was used with tender love and care? <laughs> there could be tender love and content. Okay, so we're <laughs> we're I, clearly I workshopping have, yeah. this, but yeah, yeah, let's think about that. I I think Max is on to something. Let's all let's right. change the the conversation around this kind of stuff. Because, I agree. Uh, we're we're using one name for everything, and that's stupid. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Uncharted, uh, three of us were at PAX Prime, and we went uh, hands-on with the Uncharted collection. Cool. Uh, which was cool. It's the I'm, first time I actually got to play it. Yeah. It and looks great. feels great. looks great. I will say that I think a lot of people were expecting it to look like Uncharted 4 levels. 
No. Not even close. It looks yeah. great. Not even close. It looks but it fantastic. looks really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest problems that I was having with it was that the animation on in Uncharted 2, which is the only one that we actually got to play, uh, still it's like a little stiff in retrospect. Mm-hmm. And they put a new paint job over it, which is fine. Um, but just kind of going with the expectations that you are playing repainted old games and not like it's not sort of like what Resident Evil remake did to Resident uh, Evil. Right. Of course not. You know, well, it's, yeah. it's a much it's a much newer game series. Yeah. You know? Also, it's uh, I don't know a whole lot about how performance capture works, but I imagine if you are doing performance capture for a PS3 game in 2009 or whenever that was, uh, you're probably shooting for a target that's much lower. Like you're probably not shooting for 60 frames a second. Yeah. Unless you are, you know, like it's probably something like, and if if you think about it, when you're doing something that's 30 frames per second versus 60 frames a second, that is twice as much visual information. Yep. And I mean, I, again, I don't really know the, the nuts and bolts there, but like if you take a game that was made with a certain expectation in mind and you, you know, double the resolution and double the frame rate, I, I mean, what did, did Uncharted 2 run at 60 or was that? I, I, like, so. I, don't, I don't keep that much track of it, yeah, but I mean, it's right. one of those things, if I see them side by side, I can see the difference, but if you put it right in front of me, I'm not going to be like, oh, I see that, you know? Yep. Yeah. Um, so that's what. But that's, the animation is going to reflect that, you know. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be, you know, it's just. It's a little jerkier. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's I the mean, same thing you're with, right. They would have had to like remote mocap every single person, yeah. and all it's, that. Just, it's the same deal where like Star Wars CG. What is it? We shot it. We shot a Star Wars parody video on a better digital camera than George Lucas used to make the prequels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it has more color. Yep. It captures more depth and mm-hmm. light and stuff, and that's so that's so weird to think about. But um, yeah. So that's it's out in October. Yep. It's uh, all three games. It's sixty dollars. No multiplayer, but it does come with the Uncharted Four multiplayer beta. We're not sure when that's so, coming out. We don't. Know. Yeah, I, we, that just gives you access to that. We don't. It doesn't. You're not going to have. Still haven't that got that one. Doom beta that came with Wolfenstein. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. Wow. So that's how you sell Wolfenstein. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, also, you also put it out practically as a launch title. So that yeah. works. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm totally, I'm, I'm totally into the Uncharted collection because yep. it's going to be great to revisit something like that and, and see it all pretty and play it on my nice new controllers that I like a whole lot. But like, damn, when am I going to find time to do that? Like, I don't really know this fall. Yep. So, yeah, we'll find time before uh, March. Yeah. All right. Uh, we have, uh, we have an email here. We should have prepped more emails, but we didn't because we're bad, bad boys, nasty little men, awful oh. podcasters, rotten. The lot of us. <laughs> Is this uh, the email? No. Oh, that was a really, oh, wow. no, that'd be really, we, we that'd get be really, like that really insane. Uh, Corey Proden wrote in to say, uh, my name is Corey Proden, a long-time listener of the podcast. Uh, I was wondering, what are all your thoughts on the Morpheus? Haven't really heard you all digging that topic yet. Well, you know, a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think the Morpheus is going to be the next Connect? I really, I recently just went to the Void, a VR theme park out in Utah, and it made me realize these sitting VR experiences are just a shell of the medium's true potential. Uh there's that a VR theme park in, in Utah, Utah called oh, the, the Void. Void. Man, I'm glad we read he, that email. He I, didn't, I had just, no idea. He actually just uh, dropped acid and went to yeah. sleep in the middle of the desert. There's V. I didn't. I didn't even think about the concept that there being VR theme parks in our lives. Oh no, there was so, uh, Disney Quest did yeah. a lot of that stuff too. Yeah. When, when they opened those in Chicago and Orlando, those had some of that stuff. Huh? I think that we are going to see a lot, a lot of pop up VR theme parks. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that when they're promoting a movie, uh, it's going to be way cheaper to like think about it we've got this means this kind of multi multi-purpose mean of, of having here's the thing you put on your face mm-hmm. and it can transport you to anything and wherever you transport that person you only have to build it once yeah so whereas an actual theme park you have to have all these safety regulations yep. you have to physically construct these machines and they might be for like 
Ubisoft's going to be doing an Assassin's Creed theme park part, whatever, but they're going to be probably doing it for the Assassin's Creed stuff that's already out. Yeah. How do you make that to promote the newer stuff, yep. you know? Whereas if you've got, you know, a VR construct you jump into and it's, I don't know, it's at a GameStop and you line up and it's like, if you pre-order this, you get to ride this thing for free or whatever. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's yeah. four bucks. I don't know how, if they're going to do it that way, but yep. like... You know, think like movie premieres. I don't even want to touch the controllers at GameStop, let alone put my head in <laughs> That's filthy helmets. There's absolutely going to be a market for, like, disposable VR covers, if this is a thing. Yeah, there, there'll be something, about. I agree. I mean, they had the, in the early 90s, they had the thing where the, the VR units were traveling from arcade to arcade in mm -hmm. this kind of uh, Wild West show. Yeah, but yeah. they weren't. The place showing it off. They and, weren't and, good, and yeah. they weren't licensed. No. And we are in an age of lots and lots of licensed mega franchises. Oh, I think you're right. I think this is exactly what's going to happen. I, and I think it's, it's especially in that kind of short-term thing where they're just showing off a chunk of something and then they don't have to use the system for anything else that's going to work. Part of what didn't work at VR the last time they tried to do a wave of VR theme parks was that at first they were really impressive. And then a year later, they were less. And then two years later, they looked like you were watching The Lawnmower Man on yep. VHS. Yep. And they weren't willing to reinvest the money that you constantly yeah. had to do to keep it cutting edge. Uh, Disney did try something very similar to this. Yeah. And if you went to a Disney Quest, you know, a decade after they opened, you're just like, what is this? But when it came out, it was fantastic. I think that what you're suggesting would work phenomenally well as long yeah. as you were able to keep it in the moment the way that they, that they would. Well, think about how often they release, like, an app for a new movie, you know? Like, we don't oh, see... Right. We don't I mean, see... I just saw one for Metal Gear Solid Five. Did you guys see that? Yeah, There's I mean, that's... a companion app. Yeah. That's just sort, sort of, of like, like in two months, that won't even mean anything, you know? More, more along the lines of, like, uh, like when a when the uh, uh, Christopher Nolan Batman movies came out. Like, they had a Dark Knight Rises game mm -hmm. on yeah. mobile. Like, the Gameloft games, you know, yeah. where it's like, we don't see AAA licensed tie-ins anymore, but we do see apps. And, mm -hmm. like, the amount of money that goes into developing that, which is something you're actually going to play with and fiddle with, and it's supposed to be balanced, and it's supposed to work. Mm -hmm. Now, imagine you're taking that development and QA time and putting it into something that's a semi-static experience. You know, it's you put it on your face, and you just, mm -hmm. you know, it's a... Like... Video games have to work. Like yeah. they have to, they have to under like with, withstand stress. Uh, VR, you know, there's going to be a certain amount of exploration, but it's not so much about actually pushing buttons and, and doing stuff in there. It can yeah. be, it can be kind of like a, a tour guide. Like yeah, but it's going to be just like, just like the console war. It is that Morpheus's fate will be decided by whether or not it becomes the dominant or second dominant VR system. Yeah. Which and if it's tough, not... There's Oculus and then there's Valve. Yeah, and there's a HG ton Live. of competition there. Yeah. And from what we're hearing, Morpheus is doing some really awesome stuff and technically it might even be better than a lot of stuff the, uh, the Oculus is doing. But the Wii had the worst graphics by a long shot during its console generation and sold 100 million units more than anybody else. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So... Uh, it really depends. Like, and that means that that support will go wherever it goes. Yeah. So if, if more people are supporting Oculus because Facebook owns it and they shove it in everyone's faces and Morpheus is only being supported predominantly by Sony first and third parties, then it's going to struggle a little bit. And okay. especially if this is not, if they're not positioning it front and center as like a sort of consumer escapism device, which I think that Oculus, especially with the Facebook tie-in, is going to be, hey, go to your aunt's birthday party without actually being there. Mm -hmm. Like that kind of stuff. If Morpheus kind of sits back on that and goes more towards gamers, they're going to get less of that sort of blue ocean and just grab a very small mm -hmm. group of people. Well, so Oculus has this weird thing going on where there's the regular rift, which is... You know, obviously Oculus in its yeah. entirety is owned by Facebook. I don't know what Facebook's going to do with that exactly. Yeah. They've got that marketing power right there. I know they want to do some kind of face-to-face -face stuff. Uh, but the price of admission for an Oculus Rift is also an at least a $1,000 gaming rig. 
uh, and they've worked with Microsoft to kind of make that work. If they made it so you can plug it into an Xbox One, something interesting going on, but yeah. I don't mm -hmm. think that's going to happen. Yeah. Or a dedicated um, appliance eventually. Yeah, it also mm -hmm. apparently like it only it's only PC. Like uh, I interviewed Palmer Lucky and he said that there's no there's no Mac product off the shelf that would run an Oculus Rift well. Right. Uh, on the other hand, they've also got the um, VR gear or the Samsung gear, mm -hmm. which is the it is it is a plastic thing that you pop a Galaxy Six Nexus whatever Samsung yeah. phone yeah. into the faceplate. Uh, if you go into a Verizon or a T-Mobile or a Sprint or a Boost or whatever the hell people buy phones at now, Boost. and they're like, yeah, shout out to Boost Mobile, mm -hmm. <laughs> new sponsor um, of Podcast Beyond. <laughs> yeah, but if you if you go in and they're and they're like they're like, hey, and you're checking out phones and they're like, hey, can we interest you in the VR experience today? And you're like, sorry, what? I was annoyed by you. I was, didn't listen to what you said. And they're yeah. like, just step right over here. I mean, like they will upsell you an iPad case for like five times the cost of what an iPad case yep. should cost. Yep. Now imagine they're selling you a VR headset that actually does some pretty cool stuff. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And then a VR headset yeah. case for five times the cost. Yeah, well, the they're like, oh, yeah, exactly. We're like, but it, I mean, the fact well, if they're like, yeah. if, if buy this phone, get this VR headset for free. The phone, the phone thing's a really crazy. good comparison too because there was a there was an era, and it's also sort of the... Do you guys remember like the Philips CDI yeah. era of consoles where everyone was like, we're making video game consoles and yep. everyone and their mother made one and three three consoles came out of that mm -hmm. uh, alive that are actually still intact today. Yeah. Um, and the Panasonic 3DO, the Turbo Graphics, the Philips CDI, and everybody's like, we're doing it, we're doing it, we're doing it. Every one of those things died. Every one of those things died except for two. And it was the same three guys stuck to the end. Uh, same thing happened with smartphones where everybody was like, check it out. It's the the yeah. Razer G04. And here's the uh, the orange 52 Jaculus. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, the Jaculus? Well, sure. <laughs> so, but, but here's They're the all gone. If you go into Verizon or whatever and you need to buy a new phone and there's a new phone that comes with a VR headset, yeah. that's pretty lucrative. Like that's mm -hmm. pretty appealing to even the most like, oh, yeah, you can watch Netflix on a plane and not see the world around you. Yeah. That's interesting. Meanwhile, you know, you've got the PS4 in the hand, which has a pretty big install base already. Yep. And the Morpheus is a thing you plug right in there. How much it costs is really going to be the big issue. The short-term yeah. demonstration, yeah, you talked about Wii earlier. I mean, cost is going to be a huge chunk of it. Yeah. Part of the reason Wii was so successful, even though it was lower tech, was it's because cheaper. it was so cheap. Yeah. And, yep. and that react act is whether or not this thing's affordable is going to determine how many hands get on it. Because ultimately, unlike something you can show off on a wall with people swinging happy tennis rackets, you have to put this thing on your head before yeah. you get the impact. Yeah, we're but, still trying to figure out how to cover VR because it's tough. Because well, all we yeah. can do is ramble about it. We can't really show anyone what it's yeah. like. There's also yeah. I, I I think we're seeing kind of a, a, a rise in like consumer luxury products, you know, mm -hmm. like oh, there was a time when the iWatch would have been dead in the water. Yeah. Like the Apple Watch, people buy it. You know, I don't know. Not if it's a ton, a, though. I don't know if it's a, a sweeping success. but It's really yeah. not. Like that's it's it's sort of well, that's the thing. Like when you you say the thing that like goes with your phone, I think that's that's it's an interesting way to angle it. But I think that more so, like the the company that makes a deal with Virgin to put it on planes and get it into places where you're there already, right. and they go, hey, uh, can we interest you in an Oculus Rift for twenty five dollars? You can watch all your favorite films or go to your aunt's birthday party on this flight. And you go, okay. And then you get off the plane, you go, that was incredible yeah like i need that at home mm -hmm. sorry uh that's like whoever gets swear your whoever gets their wins but i think you're totally right in that like this a lot of people think it's just a tech that kind of lives on its own it's not yeah. it's got to be paired with a, a a huge video game console well, no, that's, or, that's, that's, to, to clarify the gear vr is yeah. a plastic thing for a samsung phone yeah yeah, yeah. so it's not that, that's the brilliant thing is that the the vr device is the phone mm -hmm. so you're not you don't have to buy a vr device to pair with the phone it's just a, a piece of plastic that holds the phone, which but is whether, like, 
yeah. That's always going to be a little bit, like, that's going to be a little bit chintzier, but, like, you can justify buying a phone. Yeah. You can't necessarily justify buying a $400 VR headset or whatever for your PS4. Yeah, but whether it be Oculus or it be the phone or it be the Morpheus or it be something else that we haven't seen yet, whatever, which of these it may be, I do think the long game here is fascinating. I mean, the... You know, science fiction has looked at opportunities to bring, pre- bring people over long distances into the same room in a lot of different ways. Uh, you know, whether it be Star Wars holograms all hanging out in the top of the Jedi Temple, or whether it be people you know, with things plugged into the back of their necks hanging out in virtual space. These are these are the footsteps of, these are the harbingers yeah. of that kind of technology becoming a part of our life. And with the kind of money that's behind it right now and the companies that are pushing it, sooner or later this is going to be a real thing that's a part of what we do. Uh, I, I think the, the real question right now is is who's going to get that first little hook in? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm not sure who gets the hook in is going to be the one to be the final huge success in it. It may very much, it may very well end up being a MySpace Facebook situation where whoever wins this round ultimately loses the whole thing. But Possibly. But rolling. Uh, yeah. That being the case, I think games are, are a logical place for that interface to start. But uh, keep an eye out on this Oculus Facebook thing, especially because going to Ant's birthday party yeah. sounds really dumb. And at the beginning, it might be, but so does Minions. But yeah. they love those on Facebook. Yeah, but yep. the, yeah I mean, the, the, but the opportunity to to stand in a room with somebody else and not be able to tell your the aunt probably had a Minions birthday party. It doesn't feel like a. <laughs> it doesn't feel like a race right now. No, which is weird. Well, it's not it a, feels like a bunch of people being like. You're gonna go first. It's a bunch. It's a bunch no, of people go first. Like they're the kind of just line. like, who's gonna make the first move? Because whoever goes out there first and really sticks their neck out, and they're like, "This is VR, everybody!" And it well, it's a bunch. It of, doesn't it's work. It's a bunch of dudes at a middle school dance, like kind of puttering around, looking yeah. at their feet. No one's. Everyone's scared to go up and ask someone to dance. You know, yep. that's. Yeah, look yeah. at a Palm Pilot and look at an iPhone. They're yeah. following uh, the Do we want to wrap up or go through rapid fire real quick? Uh, I got real quick questions. Let's go through the new releases real quick. Okay. Yeah, uh, there is Arcade, Archi- Arcade Archives Ajax coming to PS4. That's a game that Jared's probably played. It came out in 1987. It's about shooting stuff. There's Ascendant. It's a <laughs> PS4 game. Uh, it is an unforgiving beat-em-up that challenges you with a new world each time you play. <laughs> Broken Sword 5 The Serpent's Curse is PS4 digital cross-buy with PS Vita. Paris in the noise. Spring shots ring out from a gallery, a robbery, a murder, and the beginning of another epic Broken Sword adventure. That wins the award for this week's most fake game name. Where do they too. keep coming from? What, Broken Sword? You can Broken play- Sword 5 The Serpent's Curse. You can oh, play yeah. as a sassy French journalist named Nico Collard. When do I not? Bro- broken Sword games <laughs> can be pretty good, though. So you might take, take a Oh, no, take totally. A EA yeah. Sports FIFA 16, uh, PS4, PS3. Is this demo in parentheses? Demo. Is this the demo? Okay, so if you want to find out what it's like to kick the ball with one of your feet, good news, you can do that <laughs> in this one. But unfortunately, to use the other feet, you got to wait until the full <laughs> one is, comes out. Uh, there's Fat City, which comes to PS Vita. This sounds interesting. I didn't really get a look at any gameplay of it, but it's an action puzzler with 60 targets spread throughout the five boroughs of New York City. Players use their cunning and brain power to plan raids and execute getaways to pull in the big bucks in the city that never sleeps. I mostly that it's like Fat City. It sounds. Has anyone ever called New York Fat City? No. <laughs> People have called my couch Fat City. <laughs> nice. That'd be really rude for someone to enter your house and then call it Fat City. Uh, Hypervoid has a PlayStation I Plus trial, PS4 digital cross by with PS3. It's about space and stuff. Yeah. Knock knock. This looks really weird. I have no can, idea what it is. It can looks we talk f- about well, for, oh, wait, uh, the description? Doesn't make any sense. Okay. Yeah. So PS4 digital. It's out September 10th. Knock knock is a pocket of chaos that serves as a direct contradiction to the belief that the world can be made sense of at all. What? Wow. It's like uh, goodness. It's 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 like an uncertainty principle video game. 
That's yeah, I thought you were going to say uncircumcised. What a mean game. No, no, that's just weird. Yeah. What uh, if it were Knack Knack and it were Knack 2? Ugh, <laughs> stop it. Uh, Leo's Fortune coming to PS4. This You play as a little ball of fur with a mustache. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a platform adventure game where you hunt down the cunning and mysterious thief that stole your gold. Wait, wasn't that what Broken Sword is about? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Video games are all about the same thing. Uh, One Piece Pirate Warriors Shippuden. 3 coming to PS Vita. Uh, he's a little, he's a little pirate people. Say their last, the say the last two words of this one description. Don Quixote, Do Flamingo, <laughs> done. Cool. Tearaway unfolded, Tearaway unfolded, folded. Uh, PS4 digital retail. It's Tearaway once mm-hmm. again. Do we review this? Yeah, Krupa reviewed it. Uh, he gave it. It was something in the sevens. Seven, he likes it, but yeah. it was not as good as. Uh, it sort of loses some of the charm of the universe. Bummer. Mm-hmm. All right, Brian, rapid fire. Here Shrap we go. Us. Hit me with your best shot. Uh, so every week I go in the uh, Podcast Beyond Facebook group you and I ask for, I did. Um, <laughs> I do a lot of shows. Uh, Jane, and I ask a question uh, and then you guys answer it with hundreds of answers and mere moments and then I have to pick four or five of them and it's very difficult. But here are the ones I've chosen. James Goldsmith, what's up boy? Says, anytime any of you Beyond presenters stepped away from gaming for a while, did you ever lose interest for a period of time with games? Yeah, I think like 2009 and 2011. Yeah. Uh, I just got busy with other things. Yeah. Uh, and then college. Yeah. yeah. And college get, is a, a great time to yeah. try stop to, playing video games because you're broke. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. When, you, when, you're, when you're broke and you're trying to get laid, uh, that's a really hard time to be playing video games. Yep. That's just a frank, honest reality. No, I, I never stopped and I constantly moved to new platforms. Really? Yeah. Nice work. Ironically, uh, when when you're older and you have more money and you're married is when you get to play video games a lot where, where we are because I don't have kids yet that are just crying all night mm-hmm. so I get to play video games a lot now I actually got to tell, tell my wife the other day I'm going to play Metal Gear all day deal with it and she said I love you <laughs> I, bought, uh, I bought Jen a copy of uh, Danganronpa on her Vita because she loves Persona and cool. I was like I don't know what either of those things are about besides Japanese ghosts and little colorful bears and stuff yep. so I was just like here you go this is a thing that is, seems similar to your interests. I like how Jen's uh, taste in games is just one-to-one with Andrew's. Yeah. Pretty, pretty yeah. much. Pretty much. Uh, um, on the flip side, Bradley Whitaker says, what's the longest time you spent playing a game without stopping? Most recently would probably be yesterday. I mean, stopping like to pee or to eat or just to take a break. I'm not really sure. He's I, not here to answer that. I've definitely probably done some of my most revolting gaming this these last few days. Like, yeah. just... I think it's also kind of realizing that like, I do have a, a bulk of other responsibilities that I'm, I'm like, I should probably clean my room. So you, play, you played Metal Gear all day yesterday. What yeah. time did you shower? Uh, so I woke up at uh-huh. 10 o'clock. Uh-huh. I went outside. I mowed my lawn. Yep. I came inside. I did not shower. I sat down on the couch covered in grass stains and, and gross sweat. <sighs> uh, and I played the game until... From eleven until I think three or four in the afternoon. Okay, and that was and then I we went out and got dinner, came back and played it. Were you still covered in grass? No, I showered. I showered in there somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, three o'clock afternoon dinner time. I went out and bought (laughs) citizens discount. (laughs) We went went out like at like five and had dinner, and then I came back and I played the game until like eleven thirty. Yeah, I did the exact same thing minus the grass stains. Yeah, (laughs) the exact same thing. I took a break around three o'clock. I had lunch and then I played the rest of the day. and I remember like very specifically waiting moments to get up to, to pee and make a coffee, and that was about it. I just sat back down and just played all day. Occasionally when working on guides, I'll play a game for 18, maybe 20 hours at a stretch uh, yeah. between uh, sleep. That's messed up. Wow. I played through The Last of Us in a single sitting. 
the night before. Is that why you a are single just, sitting? Yeah, because we it was like we got the game early. Colin reviewed it. There was one copy, and I was leaving for E3 the next morning, and I was like, I'm just gonna finish this. Is that why? Wow. Is that why you're always so just so shaken up and just looking like you we just got saw a ghost because you just. <laughs> Do you have PTSD from that game? <laughs> wow. Yeah, that, that, that's just his alcohol. Because you yeah. always come in just wide-eyed, and you're like, uh, guys, uh, I don't want to alarm anyone, but uh, we're uh, doing a podcast. Uh, her, oh, what's <laughs> I feel like I'm the calmest person in this office. Man. No, that's not true. I played that game in probably three and a half sittings, mm-hmm. but, man. Yeah. That's, that's like a 15-hour game, too. Yeah, and I was playing, uh, I remember my, my uh, ex was in uh, bed next to me, and she kept waking up and being like, did that girl die yet? I was like, I don't think she's going to die. She's like, okay, well, wake me up if she dies. Is that why she's an ex? Yeah. Uh, John Gaudio says, what's your favorite fruit? Uh, Bananas. Plums. Plums. I really like peaches. They're not very versatile because you bring them into work and they get all bruised in your bag and then they start bleeding. They're a sensitive fruit. They are very baby-touched. They are baby but they're so tasty. Uh, they're really good. I like a kiwi. Yeah. Like kiwis nice are great, too. They're really a real pain time. in the ass, though. you got to really get you in gotta, there. you got to shave them. Get them waxed. Shave. <laughs> you seem surprised by plums, that, though. What was like, plums? I don't know. Like, no one likes plums. Plums are weird because they're really sweet, but the peels are super sour. Yeah, you got to cut the peel off. Bananas are great because they're, they're versatile, and they come in their yeah. own uh, case. They're pre, pre, oh, pre-packaged. Oh, no, I got yeah. this. Uh, clementines. When it's uh, wintertime, when it's like Christmas time, you get clementines at the store. I will eat like half a crate of those. And I like sitting. this a lot. They're those just kind really of a pain good. in the ass. And I just look like the, I look like when you find a dog that's gotten into something. Like yep. you come home and I'm just covered in orange peels, and it, it smells like a it's citru- it smells like a big old Yankee candle in my mm-hmm. house. Just, <laughs> if you could find a really succulent pear, those are good. Those uh, are like a really good pear. And finally, one more food question. John Thomas asks, "Do you fold your pizza?" No. Wow. You wrote that. You said that specifically <laughs> to write down. When I fold you, my pizza. Who's folding pizza? Yeah, I do too. Fold pizza. Uh, Depends. I, f- I fold pizza if it's the right kind of pizza for yeah. Fulton, but yeah. otherwise I don't. Do you Fulton pizza? <laughs> <laughs> I think I Fulton the pizza at some point last week. I Fulton a pizza into my body. I, don't, uh, is there, is there, I, I would be so happy if there was a pizza that just showed up in Metal Gear. You just find like a bunch of dudes just having a pizza party. It'd be great. Maybe it'll happen. All well, right. that was rapid fire. As you can see, oh, my answer is absolutely yes when I'm in uh, New York City and other places that have yeah. thinner slices, kind of no. But uh, I, I think I told you this, Max. My mom... Off the, lived, grew up in Italy. She's an Italian-American immigrant. She only eats pizza with a knife and fork and capers on top and a beer on the side. That is the only way she will eat pizza. Hmm. She was like, that is a traditional Italian way. And I'm like, huh. no, thank you. That's All been right. uh, an hour and eight minutes in, and we got our first speaking of Italy. <laughs> speaking right, of Italy. Right there we beautiful. Uh, well, thank you all for listening very much. Uh, we will be back next week at the normal time. Uh, you can find us all on Twitter, where we'll be probably tweeting out pictures of horses pooping and uh, balloons on bears <laughs> and all, all kinds a, of bad I stuff. I want to tweet pictures of fireflies. You'll be uh, tweeting pictures of actual horses pooping, of because real? that's what they do over there. Yep. Are there it's fireflies gonna... in September in Wisconsin? Well, I'm going to bring some. Okay. Yeah, I think so. We're not allowed to do that. Don't, do that. Uh, Don't bring You can find us on Twitter. I'm Max Scoville. Marty is McBiggity with yes. two Gs and two Ts. Brian is Agent Bizzle. And Jared is Petty, Jared, spelled out with letters. C-O-M-M-A. And yes. Andrew Goldfarb passed away. Andrew Goldfarb oh, is uh, he's uh, at uh, Computer Guy Seventeen. <laughs> yep. Let's see if that's a real person. Tweet at that guy. Send him your favorite dog names. <laughs> uh, we'll see you Actually, guys next again, time. Send your dog names send to Goldfarb too. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, please tweet at Carfep and just tweet uh, uh, your dog name out of context. Like, out of context. Don't tell him it was. Oh apropos. god! Here we go. Yeah. What you get for flaking? Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Garfield. All right. Beyond. Yeah. Beyond. 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 All right. We are. We gotta. We gotta have to go. Beyond. <laughs> 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.